Welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcasts. He's Woo-hoo! Chris. That's, and he's Kurt. Ah, um, I threw you off. Threw me off. <laughs> You're like, what? I I like, I'm not Kurt. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Chris? It is going. It's We're smack dab. I, we're towards the end of our summer. we got a couple weeks left. And it's chaos, but it is, it's summer. This is what it's about. And yeah, it's just summer, awesome. Yeah, I miss it. So. Once you end summer camp, how long do you have before you go into your outdoor ed season? Uh, about, oh, you, don't, do you, you do outdoor ed. We do. Yeah, we do. We call it our retreat season. And so, um, and then this year we're really trying to do a lot more with schools and really get that going. That's what I was going to so, say. So you don't, you don't yeah. have like a sixth grade classes come up yet no no right. not yet a, a few of them the few of them come out a few of them like they make it more field trips than actual classes but so okay. we're trying to, and and the way we've kind of redone our outdoor ed is more of us coming to you as a school um which is hard because i can't bring trees i can't bring right. a creek um so we have some different activities but we have found especially in our area um, the schools don't have the money to come out and do field trips and send buses and, and deal with that. And so it works better for us to try and come to you as a school. What do you mean they don't have money? You're talking about how people in your neighborhood have all these fancy oh, cars. No, the, the people, do. the schools don't apparently. So, what? or they're spending it elsewhere. They I need to raise those taxes interested. or something. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Cause after being a teacher, I know so many teachers and they're talking about like, Oh, we only get one field trip a year. We only get to do one thing a year. And so, you know, our field trip is this, not coming to a that. camp okay. and doing it. fair enough uh they just need to see the value in it mm-hmm. uh, Very much so. the yeah the, what i'm used to is the whole sixth grade mm-hmm. the education the kids coming up the school buses everything i've worked for uh two different camps where uh we did outdoor education programs just like that uh one was orange county uh education in california uh, the school system there, and then another one was a kind of a separate camp doing their own thing. Uh, but yeah, very very different. So we're coming at this, I think, in two different mm-hmm. viewpoints. Well, I I don't think the Midwest has figured it out yet, figured out the importance of it yet, and so because you don't even around here we don't have a whole lot of camps that have that. But man, I if I Google outdoor ed, you see California camps yeah. <laughs> sure. it's, a big, it's a big thing on the west coast for sure mm-hmm. so that's obviously what we're talking about during this episode is outdoor education uh, some camps do it some camps don't some camps want to some camps uh want to get away from it I, you know it's yeah. it's it's a huge program it takes a lot to get it going and it can be a struggle to get camps or to get schools to come up to the camp mm-hmm. and pay that money and there are different ways to to run a program like that and do you hire staff like you would counselors to be in the cabins yeah. or do you have teachers uh be in the cabins with the kids or bring volunteers do you put that on the school and so it can be done a lot of different ways but that isn't what we're talking about we're talking about more of the activities and what you might learn while you're there some ideas um i've got a lot of on my list i've got a lot of just kind of general (laughs) Mm -hmm. hey we talk about this in general where chris uh, has a lot of here's a specific activity yep so you know these are definitely things that you can add into your summer program as well if you know, a nature component is important to your camp. 
we we have the outdoor ed time each day at camp and so the kids get that for for me i think the most important thing is just the appreciation for nature mm-hmm. right for the outdoors getting away from video games or getting away from your urban yeah. environment coming up and oh wow this is beautiful and i do want to you know do something to preserve this and this is important and why it's uh-huh. important and you know yeah maybe the kids aren't going to know what an igneous rock <laughs> is or or what a sequoia or a coniferous tree is mm-hmm. but if they just get an appreciation for hey yep. nature is cool and this is this is something i think and, is important and you to might our spark uh, an interest in that kid totally. and goes into that so. yeah absolutely yep. well, let's let's just go you, well, you do one, I do one. I mean, we'll... you know, the, the first thing I have, again, is just that appreciation and respect yep. really for outdoors and through hikes, just general hikes. And that's that's an, any outdoor camp that's in kind of the, you know, a, a setting that has trails. Just going on these hikes and doing stuff, I think that's really important. And that's a big part of an outdoor education program usually. Maybe not when you go down to the schools and do something, yeah. but on site, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's important. Yeah. So one of ours that we had, and again, like Kurt said, mine's a lot of activities. We do, um, I have a rock collection. And my rock collection has just come from anytime I'm in a new town, if I'm visiting somewhere for camp or whatever, I will look up a rock or a mineral store that's nearby and then just go and see what's cool. And I and I tell the worker there, like, what's a cool rock? What's a neat rock that's a cool story? And so now I have this huge collection because I just keep buying this stuff and I write down, I mark it all down. And so then that way when the kids come, I'm like, hey, this is, you know, this is pyrite. This is fool's gold. Did you know it grows in cubes? And then I have like a big cube of it so they can see that. Or or I also buy fossils and things like that. It's more of a here's kind of a rock. And here's, you know, here's an interesting fact about it or something. And then we move on to the next one. You know, here's a tooth of a, a T-Rex, an interesting fact about that. Um, just to get them to get that appreciation for it so that. That rocks are, you know, they're kind of a boring thing, but we make it really cool by finding cool rocks. Well, I think, yeah, just that just that introduction of it, mm-hmm. because everybody's going to be, you know, yeah, those what one out of 100 kids is going to become a, a rock hound, maybe less yeah. than that. Right. And yep. uh, and think, oh, this is this is really neat. But it's just like with school. Right. You're kind of introducing mm-hmm. them to a lot of different things. And they're going to pick up on, hey, I want to do this, or I like, yep. I want to learn more about this versus that. So, yeah, geology is is uh, is a great area for outdoor education. Um, I think uh, trees, trees is another mm-hmm. great area. Tree identification, um, what the trees, you know, whether they, uh, you know, do they lose all their leaves? Do they have pine cones? Do they? I mean, what's the difference between trees? How do you find out their age, right? By counting the rings, and you know, one of the favorite activities of mine is doing the whole hug a tree. Do you, do you ever do this at Kent? Do you know what hug a tree is? I don't. So basically, you trees? pair, yeah, you pair up uh, <laughs> the campers or the kids. One is blindfolded, and the other one leads them to a tree. The blindfolded one hugs the tree, feels the tree, everything. Oh. And then you lead them away from the tree. You turn them around a couple times, take out the blindfold, and now they need to find that tree that they hugged based I on love how it that feels. Idea. Yeah, so that was always a, a favorite of mine during Outdoor Ed. I am marking that down. I'm totally doing that. <laughs> we do a couple things with trees. We, have, we call it tree trail. 
um, mm-hmm. just because I've created a trail through um, a section of our woods that has 12 different kinds of trees in it. Okay. And then they're all labeled. Um, and then we give all the kids a tree fandex, which you can buy. I found all mine off eBay for about seven bucks each. And it, it's all the kind of the trees in our area. And then they have to go and they look at the leaves. They look at the bark. They look at the if there's berries or nuts that come off of the tree um, and see if they can name what this tree is, what kind of tree it is. And so they go through and do that. And then we give them, here's the answers. Here's why. Here's what you should look for. We have sassafras trees, like uh-huh. a ton of them in our woods, those. and the kids love those because you break the leaf and they smell like um, Fruit Loops, and then if you get a small <laughs> sassafras sapling, you could pull up the roots and it smells like root beer, and then you can actually even make sassafras tea with it, which tastes like root beer dirt, um, <laughs> so, um, but that's fun. And then we also do something we call tree cookies, where we talk about, like, if you slice a tree, that's called a cookie, and so you talk about how the rings are the life of the tree, mm-hmm. And some different, you know, this tree's got some new growth here. It's got a scar where it was hit by lightning or an animal or something. And then we give the kids a cake circle, like a cardboard cake circle um, that I bought Uh offline really cheap. And then they make a cookie for their life. And so they have to put the number of rings for how old they are. And then if there was a scar, something that happened in their life that maybe was rough or, or hard on them, or if there was new growth, new exciting things, or if there was drought years or new growth years, and then we let the kids share if they want to. And so it kind of helps the kids even talk about, hey, you know, this is this is time in my life where my parents got divorced and it was hard. It was a scar in my life or this happened or, or you know, I, I had a really bad year this year. So it was a drought year and it was kind of thinner. And it kind of lets the kids share and talk about things that are a little more personal, a little bit hard to share, but it gives them a way to share that. And so it, it allows then our counselors to know, hey, here's how we can counsel, here's how we can help these kids with some different stuff, and even just for the kids to get some things off their chest and talk about. That's cool, I like that. And, and it also obviously uh, strengthens the lesson of counting the rings for mm-hmm. the age. Uh, you're not yeah. gonna forget it after you do something like that. Um, I always just remember, I remember the, the main thing for some reason what was stuck in my head is, is always the deciduous trees that they're not dead. They just lose their leaves every year mm-hmm. and cause they look dead, but they're no, they're deciduous. And for some reason, I just like the word and I don't there. know why that stuck, but yeah, <laughs> trees, trees are cool. Uh, so, you know, sticking with kind of the trees, the, uh, another area is edible plants and learning about plants where yeah you can eat the berries or no you can't (laughs) yeah do you do anything around that we do we call it backyard buffet okay Uh, and so we've looked up some different things that they can't eat we have a few things we have wild peppermint that grows here too and so or we have um there's a fern here that smells like cucumbers you can't eat it but so we talk about like hey you know smell this this smells like cucumbers or hey you know here's some peppermint here's some wild onions yeah yeah things like that and just really kind of going through the or we do the sassafras tea too and i really stress when we do those we really stress like you need to know for, like you need 100% know for sure that this is something you can eat so we right. tell the kids like you don't go home and go well this looks like the one that they had so i'm pretty sure it's edible that you need to be without a doubt certain this is that tree or this is that plant and I can or can't eat it. So we really encourage the kids not to go home and eat things. That so they we said know the one that has the leaves of yeah. three and that are yeah. shiny, you eat. Stick that in. It like, <laughs> you rub on like your skin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what about, uh, do you do you ever go into kind of the photosynthesis? Not, we don't really, there, yeah, no. we don't get that in depth into it. And so okay. a lot of that, Essentially stuff, and I, I tell my counselors things too, like if it's stuff they're going to learn at school, they're going to study, we don't need to do that here. I want more of the, 
kind of the fun facts or the neat things here to get them interested so that when they go back to school, they're like, oh, yeah, you we talked about plant cells or we we learned about photosynthesis. And I've seen that at camp. I see how that kind of changes or I've seen different things there. But we don't need to go in and teach. Here's how photosynthesis works. Okay, so. so so which is a little different because usually when you do outdoor education with schools, like they come up to camp, they're gonna want that. The, yeah, exactly. Teacher's yeah. gonna be like, I this is what we taught them, and we want them to see it, to kind of experience it, and yeah. see, you know, apply the lessons we taught from a book to mm-hmm. hey, real life. So yeah, that's interesting that you would have that. When we work with schools too, like when they call, we'll say, what are you looking for? What is your goals and objectives of this trip? But most of our our outdoor ed stuff, a lot of it is done during the overnight summer camp with the kids during summer. And so I want it to be more of fun, less sit down educational kind of thing. So there, you know, what about like watershed? I mean, there's, there's so many different, whether it be a lake, a river, a creek, uh, the ocean, there's a lot you can do around water do you do anything like that we so we have a creek um that we do a lot of stuff with and we'll we'll pull it out we'll look at it under the microscope we'll talk about the erosion along the side and when it rains and things like that our problem with our creek is is has uh water in april and may and nothing (laughs) from from july like it's very dry uh, it's actually the name of our creek is uh, not a lot of water creek. Right now, it does not have much in it. Um, well, which brings up a good point where outdoor education is very different in a uh, a forest setting versus if you were mm-hmm. down by the ocean. Yeah, you know, so we're in the ocean. You talk about marine animals. You go to tide pools. Mm-hmm. You can, you, you know, there's so many cool things you can do in a tide pool and see. So I think that, uh, you know, you go to a lake and it's going to be different. So there's yep. a lot of different lessons that you can pull just from wherever you're you're at. Um, and I would say if you are at a ocean, if you're near an ocean and do some snorkeling, that would be awesome. Uh, they're in Florida, they're sea camp and they do a lot of that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, so, but, you know, you just kind of. You can include like a river beach cleanup as well uh, with that. And that goes back to the appreciation and respect for, for the nature and just, you know, let's clean up any trash that's, that's here. Um, if you want to do some kind of uh, uh-huh. cleanup or, or any, any kind of thing like that. But you also talked about erosion. I think that's a huge, yeah. uh, a huge lesson for outdoor education as well. And that's, that's where I learned all about erosion. What about animals? What do you do? I, you know, I talked about marine oh, animals, but what about just, We you know. have our whole little nature center that we got. But you don't take those to the school. You take a few, right? We schools. do, yeah. We take about 16 to the school that we bring. So when we, we call it Zoo Camp is our official name for it. Um, and we talk about uh, different facts about the animals, kind of their habitats, things like that. Um, but um, we also, with our Zoo Camp, we have, I, like right now during the summer, they, they have an hour where they do it. They're coming in and they're helping take care of the animals. So they're cleaning up. They're making sure that the animal has the right heat, right light, right humidity, right food, you know, all that stuff. And so they're kind of learning. It's almost more our, our zoo camp is a little less wild and more kind of pet kind of animals versus, you know, where, oh, here's a fox den. Here's what it looks like. But they do learn those facts in the wild. Here's where a fox will go. You know, in the wild, you should not, you know, pick up the fox like we do s'mores. <laughs> you should yeah, never, never do this. Never. Right. Um, but yes, she looks friendly and cute. But in the wild, she's not. <laughs> 
hats. So, right, right. Or, or we talk about our skunk stinker bell <laughs> and and what that. In fact, I I always say everywhere I go, I we just went to a zoo this last weekend. I always learn new stuff, and I just learned I I should know this because I own a skunk, but I just learned a skunk has essentially seven bullets. It can shoot seven oh. times and then it takes 10 days to reload oh really like i did not know that that is amazing <laughs> I mean, my skunk has zero she has been de de-bulleted but that's so funny you know it um i meant to tell you this the other day but one there was one night i was walking along this is this is uh northern california and i was walking along a bike path and it was a, in the evening right so it was already dark and the skunk started following me like just came kind of out and started following me and i was like hey buddy you got 40 feet (laughs) stay over there i was 40 feet right and and uh and so it would stop and i'd be like okay so i keep walking and then it would like be like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna follow you and it it was like so it totally friendly and everything else but i was like no and then i started walking faster and so it started going faster (laughs) but it always kept like about 10 feet away from me never sprayed or anything but i was so nervous that it would and then I got off the trail path and it didn't follow, but I was like, oh my goodness. It would probably, I say there's, because even Stinkerbell, I mean, unless you startle it, right, it, it won't spray you. And so you probably could have turned around and pet it. It might have tried to nip at you, but right. <laughs> you probably would have been okay. Because unless you're scaring it, it's not going to go after you too we much. We used to uh, do track identification too. Um, oh yeah. At, mm-hmm. at Outdoor Ed. So you know, mm-hmm. somebody, we had these molds and a counselor or staff member would go and put some tracks out and yeah. be like, what is this? And, and what is that? And talk about that. So that was always neat. I've tried to, if I find a track, I've tried to dig it up and preserve it so that oh, we yeah. have that. We could show the campers like, oh, here's a deer, here's a raccoon. And so they have well, that. Do you ever do like bird watching or, you know, identification? Not anything really. Like that? Yeah. I have um, an app on my phone called Merlin Bird ID. Okay. And it's really cool. So, like, if I see a bird, it, you know, it'll ask me, okay, what, where did you see the bird first? Is it on a wire? Is it on a wire? Okay, oh. what are three of the main colors of the bird? Okay, you click those. Um, what was was the bird doing? Was it singing? Was it flying? Was it whatever? Uh, and then it gives you, here's a choice of your bird. And like, oh, there's my bird. And then you can listen to it and you learn facts about it. So, it's really kind of a neat little app to have. But we don't do a whole lot of bird ID. <laughs> it's all, because... it's either Woody Woodpecker or the crows yeah. from Dumbo. Which one is it? No, the, that's not what I'm looking at. The Midwest birds are not exciting. Really? <laughs> we did. You ever do the owl pellets? I have an entire um, box of them that we bought from nature watch uh-huh. because I was gung ho. Like we're going to do this. And I, it's been three years. They're still sitting in the cabinet. Uh, why, why not? I, it, it, because of the whole, it's you, we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to sit down. We're gonna have to have a special time yeah, each day no, where you true. go and you do this. It's a process, but it is so cool. Like I, okay. when I first, I, I was working uh, Orange County Outdoor Ed, and they were you know doing the owl pellets, and I was supposed to help out, and I was like, oh man, this mm-hmm. come on. But once you start pulling apart and you see That's like the awesome. bones start coming together, and you're like. That's a rat or mm-hmm. whatever it's eaten. You're like, this is so cool because it has yeah. all the bones still preserved in this owl pellet. It was just amazing. It was amazing. So I definitely well, suggest our, doing those. Our, They're our, not cheap, though. Them, no. Well, when we bought them, too, I'm like, you know what? 
I, I, cause I've seen places where I can buy an owl. I'm like, let's get an owl. Let's have our own owl in the right. nature center and like tie this whole curriculum in together. And so I never got my owl. That might be the reason I've never done it. <laughs> but, um, so since you go to schools, you don't do night hikes. No, we do them here though. Um, we, yeah. in fact, we did a night hike last night. Um, but yeah, we do the night hikes here. We talk about the whole, um, I, we have the fox, so we talk about the fox. I mean, what a lot. What, what time does it get dark there right now? It's about nine yeah. central here, where it's dark when it's darkish <laughs> enough to actually be a decent night hike. Versus and, oh, and it, what what kind of things do you do for a night hike? We do so um, because we have all the different like the peppermint, the wild onion, and then the um, cucumber stuff that we will go and we'll um, everybody gets their nose wet. So like a fox, so you can smell better when your nose is wet. Oh, okay. About. Um, how foxes lick their nose to help smell better. And, and then we talk about, we tie that in with like, you know, people always say they love the smell of rain, but what it is, because there's moisture in there, you're actually smelling earth. You're smelling the dirt around you. And so nice. that's why for different people, rain smells different because um, huh. it just depends on what you have. Um, so we'll do that. We'll do the, um, we tie in um, looking at the stars and kind of going stargazing a little bit with the night hike. We do the whole takes you 10 minutes for your eyes to get accustomed to the darkness for your pupils to expand enough that you can kind of see in the darkness and so we play on that like um you, you keep one covered and we'll have a light going and then you can you know take your yeah. take your patch off or whatever so you, oh i can see this eye you know and right you but, do uh, deer ears what are deer ears so you cup the ears around oh, yes. and you can yes. hear better what about the uh biting into the lifesaver and sparks We've we've done that and it it never works well enough for us because when we do our night hikes it's usually during the summer and it's so humid and you really need a dry like it needs to be pretty dry for that oh, to really? work well. Yeah. I mean yeah, we always did in California so where it was dry. But mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't realize that was a thing. I just remember you got to get the ones that are filled in the center. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and when you do it, because even when you do it, you're, you're supposed to, you got to breathe out all your, like try and get air out. So it kind of dries out your mouth. So it works better. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So we do that. We do um, quartz crystals too. Quartz, they're not as strong as like uh, flint and steel, but quartz crystals will spark in the dark. Okay. And so we'll do that and tie that in with the. You're playing bat and moth. Yep. Done yep. that. The echoes and tying all that fun stuff in. Right. Have you done a scent hike? A scent hike? No. Yeah. And so um, you actually put scents out there so you can get like essential oils or different like vanilla extract and things like that. Okay. And you put them along the path like you just set a jar out of it or something because since you've lost your senses of your sight really during a night hike, your other senses increase. And so as you walk along, you can smell and you can kind of follow like, okay, I smell vanilla over here. Oh, I smell peppermint over here and kind of go towards that. Oh, interesting. So what about uh, weather? Do you, do you get into that at all? A little. Um, I got um, some cloud ID mm -hmm. papers from Nature Watch um, where there, it's like a box and it has all the different kinds of clouds, but it's a hole in the middle so you can hold it up. And then you <laughs> this look at episode the sponsored by Nature Watch. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anyone else out there that does a lot? They're the ones I've kind of gone to. So Yeah, no, they're the they're the ones I've but always yeah, gone you, to. You look through the hole and then like, oh, that's a cumulonimbus. That's a whatever. But yep. otherwise, not a whole lot else. I mean, you like, could talk about wind and, wind and solar power as well. Mm -hmm. um, we do some solar stuff. Um, we have a solar balloon. It's like a 50 foot, looks like a 50 foot long trash bag. Oh, okay. That you yeah, fill yeah. with air and 
heats up and rises. The kids like that. Or we do um, solar prints. Um, we have the special paper um, that develops in the sun. And so you like put leaves or something on it and you put it out in on the sidewalk or something for about 10 seconds. And then you drop it in water and it, it kind of burns that shadow of the leaf onto your paper. Okay. Um, it's developed yep. that way. Uh, we, I'd say with the the solar things, we, we have a lot of solar like we tie everything in with the sun. We play with that a little bit, but so do you do any, uh, uh, outdoor living skills like survival or cooking, cooking campfire yeah, building? We the, well, and fire building, we do fire building. So they, they will build the fire. We have the flint and steel. We have, um, I have the magnifying glasses. Um, I have this one I bought off Amazon. It looks like a, um, little circular, probably about three or four inches in diameter wide disc. It's like a little mirror, and it's got an antenna coming out of it, and you put some dry grass, or we have oakum that we use here, um, in there, and then you aim it at the sun just right, and it it burns that grass, so it gives you a start that then huh. you could put in your fire. Right. Um, but and I actually have real flint, and it it's funny because the kids like, oh, if you just gave me flint, and so we give them real flint. It's really hard to do versus like a magnesium, <laughs> the right, lighters right. you can buy. Walmart, letting them try that. And then we, after we build our fire, we cook over. We cook like the hobo dinners, the, yeah. we call them foil dinners, but yep. we just throw everything in. Yeah. I think with uh, any kind of outdoor living skills type of stuff, it's always important to also talk about packing it in and packing mm-hmm. it out and the importance yes. of that. Um, why we just don't leave trash around or what have you. Leave no trace. And, and uh, you know, kind of going with that is the orienteering. Do you do any orienteering or map reading? Very little. Yeah. Um, we call yeah, it a it's, compass it's, course. It's yeah, we don't use the map a whole lot versus just learning how to use a compass and follow the directions right. that are given to you. How, we do want – one of my favorites, I really like – I don't know how much the kids enjoy it because it is a lot of facts, but we do um, – it's called Hike the Planets here, and we have scaled the solar system down – so that the entire solar system, when it's scaled correctly, would fit on our camp property. And okay. so it's essentially a mile from where we start at the sun till we get to Pluto. Um, and then we walk it. The, the sun becomes the size of a uh, softball. So we carry around a softball so the kids can visualize. And we walk from planet to planet. And we talk oh, about cool. like, oh, you know, if the sun were the size of a softball, well, then that makes Earth the size of the width of an ant. And so they can think like, oh, well, that's really tiny, you know. And but it's a you know, you gotta walk like twenty feet to get to Earth where right. th- they've seen it, the entire solar system fits in a shoebox right. that I can bring to school. And so to really like, no, that's not even close to scale. <laughs> yeah, you know, gotta walk to the edge of property just Is this a school for ants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the face you can't see. <laughs> the, the the blue blue steel. <laughs> um the, <laughs> So I think another another thing that is good to talk to kids about is fire ecology and and the role fire plays in in the forest and <clears throat> what could happen if you're not careful, but also how fire departments will use control burns so that when parts of the forest do catch fire, it is part of nature, um, not man-made fires. It's very different. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm just helping out nature. <laughs> right. So I think that's always something that's uh, it's good to talk about. Do you do any kind of uh, Native American cultural history type stuff? Very little. We um, we have atlatls. And so we talk about that with the oh. um, hunting. 
and okay. and going in with that. I'd like to do more with it. We did a lot at the Boy Scout camp, and I really enjoyed it. Um, we just haven't gotten into it a whole lot here. Yeah, um, you always want to be careful with that, and especially uh-huh. if you have if you have you know I need people yeah, exactly need, somebody to uh, that knows what they're sure talking about right. exactly exactly. Um, you were talking about fire. Have you ever heard of jack pines? Fire, fire. The 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 jack pine cone jack will pines. only open when it gets to a certain. It's a serotonin cone, is what it's referred to. But it only open in forest fires. Really? Uh, so it, it's made to. The only way this can reproduce essentially is it has to have a fire to open the cone to spread the seedlings. Oh, interesting. And and I really. So if anyone's out there listening and you have a jack, I really want some jack pine cones. Please send them to me. <laughs> Camp good news. Um, I really want some because I we talk about with your, the kids and I have collection. tried I yeah I've gone to like different DNR sites and stuff I'm like please send me some and they're like oh we don't have any and oh interesting I really want a jack pine cone a couple of them but huh uh, cool do stuff. you do any uh, just like nature scavenger hunts yeah I, and I didn't even put those on the list because we talked about them a little bit during the scavenger hunt right. episode we've done like you have a picture of a plant and you got to go find it. Um, or as you're walking along, you know, I've got the queen's lace in my picture. And so, Oh, there it is there. And kind of seeing that we also do like the paint chip hunt, right? Um, the paint so chip, you get the colors and colors. you go out on the hike. Yeah. I always like the ones where it's like, you know, find something that's smooth, find something. That's mm-hmm. smooth. Cause then you kind of, it's not, it's texture as well. So now you got yeah. colors, you got texture, you got, you know, kind of bringing it all in. You know, I, I've, seen activity books and i think that if you run a an outdoor education program you know putting together uh, an activity book is really cool that has i guess pictures of whatever they're learning at but also maybe word mm-hmm. searches and crossword puzzles that they could do in their cabin during downtime yep. or you know maybe a coloring page and stuff like that but putting together an activity book would be uh, is always something i think i loved it you know as a kid i loved activity books I say I just bought this zoo adventure book because that's exactly what it was, was something like that. Like you learned about the animals, but then you had different activities to do or puzzles mm. and stuff. And so I'm like, so I bought this book so that I'm like, okay, now I can tie some of these ideas in and ideas. kind of create yeah. my own for Camp Good News. Nice. I always thought also is, uh, is giving kids, if you can work it out um, and you have the equipment is to let them take photos, like some kind of mm-hmm. photography. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, find find a spot you really like and do some nature photography. And what would, yeah. you know, just to give them more of an appreciation of the beauty. Yeah, and that's something they take home and hang up. Totally, I mean, it's pretty. So totally, we do. And so even with our um, with our creek, we have a, a nice clay base at our mm-hmm. creek, and so we'll actually pull the clay out and let kids mold it, get kind of the rocks out of it and stuff and actually make a creation that they can take home then that, you know, this came from Camp Good News Creek Clay. <laughs> so, uh-huh, right, right, yeah. And just kind of something to help them. And it's it's also, a, it's a little marketing too because that sits on their shelf and they remember camp and totally. remember the fun they had and want to come back and do it again. We yeah. did this one thing also um, where we would go out to an area and everybody would sit down, close their eyes and just listen for different mm-hmm. sounds because you don't you don't think about that you're yeah. talking you're either hiking or whatever especially coming from an urban area everything it sounds silence right mm-hmm. but when you stop and you close your eyes and you just listen there's a lot of different sounds from the, yeah. the trees rustling to birds and all kinds of stuff and it's, it's always an eye opener as well that's a good one to do during night hikes as well cuz your your mm. your eye sense is already gone essentially so sit down and be quiet 
Right. Uh, we do. Uh, I have a couple I do with sundials, and so we bought some little pocket sundials from Nature Watch that the kids can make, and then we made a huge human sundial. Oh, uh, uh, cool. And I mean, it was really easy to make. It just took all day because at every hour I went out, I put a brick down on the ground. And then every hour I went out and stuck my hands straight up in the air and just marked where my hands were at. So it only works in, in the summer months. It doesn't work after daylight savings and, and things like that. And these kids don't even know how to read a, a clock. No. How are they going to read a sundial? But look, and we have the number. And so they just go out there and stick their hands up like, oh, yeah, it's between the 8 and 9. Yep, it's 830. It's so funny because they'll, they'll check their watches too. Like, yes, I'm confirming it. <laughs> right, right. They're digital watches. But it was kind of something just to tie in and talk about how we use the sun for time. And yeah. Uh, do you guys have any kind of gardening or garden at your property? We have a little bit of a garden. We wanted to put in a big one to feed our animals in our oh, nature that's right. Center. Yeah, I remember you saying and you to tie that. that. And so we got, I, I managed to get about two different plants to grow. <laughs> and that was uh, about it. And then we wanted to put in a pollinator garden, too, in front of our nature center that encourages the butterflies and stuff right. to come around. But that that was one of those. It's on the idea board. And it's still on the idea board. (laughs) Maybe in the future. That idea board is pretty long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one, too. You know, you can definitely make part of your outdoor education program if the kids are coming to your your site. Well, and we're always, I mean, part of my, even my steal this books, it's always looking for cheap or free things. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we have, um, I go to taxidermy places anytime I go to a new place and I'll ask them, hey, I don't need a whole deer, but do you have any pieces or scraps that I can have that the kids can touch and the kids can see? And so we actually have a whole wall in our nature center of just taxidermy that was given to me for free. Um, You know, I have a piece of a zebra, I have a piece of a grizzly bear. And so I don't have the whole thing, but it was something that was left over when the guy was making it for someone else that he gave me for free. And so working out with your local taxidermy, let them know, hey, you know, we're a camp. What can you give us? I know there's a nearby camp um, in Indiana that did this is where I got this idea from. They got an entire fox, but like this fox looks like it's been out on night on the town for too long. <laughs> and so it actually became like their camp mascot, this weird googly eye, ugly looking fox oh, wow. <laughs> just became their, their camp mascot because it was so bad, but it was given to them for free. So you might get even a whole fox that looks hilarious that you can well, you work know- into your, your theme. You know what would be neat is if you took the the um, the fur samples and you put it maybe you made like a, a touch and feel box mm-hmm. or a bunch of boxes and the kids would reach in, feel it and try to guess and then they could flip yep. up a card that says this is a deer or this is a bear or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, we're, we're to hoping do to do something similar to that. I have one, in fact, that I got from a book. It's called Whose Butt Is This? Right. And you see a, a picture of an animal butt, and you have to guess what animal <laughs> comes from. I love it. I'm like, it's just because it's funny. It's butts. But. It's butts. Butts are funny. <laughs> um, I, one of the things I love to do with the kids, and I think I've talked about this before, is art and nature. Mm-hmm. And where you pair up the kids or you put them in groups of three, <clears throat> we, we would show them um, – pictures out of an Andy Goldsworthy uh, book who does all these amazing pieces of art and nature just using leaves and rocks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The books are very expensive, but they're like coffee table style books. So we would take sheets out, laminate it, and pass it around. 
just give kids ideas. And of course, they're not going to make anything like that because, you know, you don't have all these colorful <laughs> leaves or you don't have the time really to do that. But they go and they make their little pieces of art with sticks and rocks and leaves and what whatever they can find. And then we go around as as a group and look at each one of them and the kids kind of present their their art piece. Uh, but also, uh, if you have a, a little lake or something, you could do some rock balancing. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult, but it can be done. And there's some great YouTube videos Karen? on those. Is that called a Karen when you balance the rocks up like that? It's, it's called Karen? Karen, I think. C-A-I-R-N, something oh, okay. like that. I, I that. think. I could be wrong. Um, I've seen with the art, too, where you can uh, get, like, twine and you weave plants in. So you're essentially making a, a plant loom. And so you can kind of weave some oh. plants and sticks and stuff and kind of almost make like a little blanket of nature. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. kind of cool. We've, we've, yeah, we've done similar things with the putting the leaves around a tree or the rocks and try and put them in a spiral or something just to make it look pretty. Right. Another art, I mean, tying in art, we've done smoke printing. Have you ever done smoke printing? No. What's that? So you can, you after you do your fire building, you tie all this in, um, you can hold a paper up over it so it collects the smoke. So you put it up high enough that it doesn't burn, but it's just getting all the smoke on the on the bottom side of the paper. Okay. And then if you, you put like, so then you set that down, you put a leaf underneath it or something, and then put a clean paper on top and kind of do a rubbing and use the smoke as kind of ink. And so it becomes the ink for your oh. your leaf print or something. But you're getting the smoke. You're getting all the stuff from nature um, to do it with. And so do the kids have, like oh. leave and there's like soot all over their face? Yes, and all their hands. hands. The hands. It's always <laughs> all over their hands. Oh, my goodness. And then they touch everything. You're like, oh, the kids didn't hit the bathrooms to wash off first. That's we funny. actually, because of our clay and because of a lot of our outdoor stuff, we, we built an outdoor sink. So the kids oh, can okay. go and wash That's off smart. before they go and touch any door handles or anything to go into a bathroom. I, I don't I don't know how much outdoor edzy it is. Um, we do knots and rope making here. Okay. And so kind of rope made making. Up, you make rope, rope making. Yeah. I from the from the king of random. I I got a DIY oh. rope making, and so, and the kids love it. And so. We put that in. That's part of our outdoor ed program. And, and we teach them about after they make their three-strand rope, then, okay, here's certain knots you use for different things out here. Or, um, I know like, like with our crate that's stacking cool. or our recreational tree climbing, you have to have a specific knots to do certain stuff. And so we kind of teach the kids how to make those knots after they've made a rope. Oh, that's cool. The problem with outdoor ed is it depends on where you're at. I, I remember totally. sitting through an entire outdoor ed class and it half of it was on the California redwoods. And I'm like, well, this is not helpful to me at all. Right, right. <laughs> and so today was more just here's some ideas and, and see if that works at your camp and, and tie it. In. And then, OK, great. You can do a tree study at your camp. What trees do you have? I can tell you which ones I have. They're not going to be the same as you. And so just yeah. to hear some ideas to try this out. But. It, I think it's so important and so cool for kids to learn and, like you said at the beginning, get that appreciation. It, this doesn't have to be a classroom and, and sit down and write and all that, but just get an appreciation and, and get some nature. When I was a kid and I went to Outdoor Ed and, and I learned about this stuff, I this was all so boring to me. I had no interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yet, somehow, things like deciduous trees or symbiotic <laughs> relationships – they they did they stayed with me even though i had absolutely no interest in it but but i did get you know i think getting some kind of an appreciation for mm-hmm. it w- was good you know obviously obviously it was good Definitely. i kind of went into camping as a career but 
yeah. So I think there's there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, you know, I know you have other things like math science and, and things mm-hmm. that you can do that aren't exactly outdoor ed, but they can be tied into a program like this. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're going to do outdoor ed. Maybe you're not. Maybe you want to add it to your camp program. But, yeah, it's like Chris said. They just give you some ideas of, of what you can include into your program. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as you make it enjoyable um, mm-hmm. and not dry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't, you know, you don't this want, want the, a tree. yeah, the NPR version. <laughs> yeah. You want the, uh, Bill Nye version. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you have anything else, no, that's, I said, we pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about. So I think when we, we, we talked about favorite vendors, uh, the last couple <laughs> episodes. And so this one, I was thinking, Hey, favorite vendor for OE supplies, but sounds like we both are on the nature watch kick. I don't know of anyone else really out there that does it as well as they do, because the the thing I like about them is not only can you buy the supplies from them, but they have on their site lesson plans and then even um, common core standards. And so if your school that's coming needs Hmm. to have that, Hey, I got to have something turned in my principal that shows we're covering something. Nature watch has all that on their website that you can print and, and send off and like, here's what we're going to cover. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's the common core standards that, that we go through. And then that really helps schools then present it to the principals a little bit easier of, Hey, this is why we should do this because we're going to cover these standards. So, so I yeah. love that about nature watch. Well, and uh, we're going to try to get Jeff who runs nature watch mm-hmm. on the podcast and, uh, and talk to him about all that. Um, I think that would be a fun episode. Yes. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I guess Can that's I it for this episode. Yeah. For the next episode, we have no idea what we're doing. We haven't <laughs> planned that far out. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's a mystery bag. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to let you know, um, all the show notes, whenever we talk about anything, I know we don't give show note the url to go to but basically if you go to my site summercamppro.com we have the show notes for each episode on there that has links to things that we talk about um just kind of an overall uh view of what we're talking about for that episode and uh ways to get a hold of uh, of us yeah that's all i got kurt maybe not i'm speaking for me mainly here but yeah write me email me you got a question I am happy to answer what I can. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me at I all. Want, yeah. <laughs> I may charge you three, $400 for no. <laughs> right. This time of year is summer, so maybe don't expect an email back right I'm away. I'm not doing anything. Go ahead and email me. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Kurt's got nothing going on. He's just nothing. sitting down there tanning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just, just, just planning for future, future stuff. That's right. Yeah. Well, very cool. From around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris, and thanks guys for listening. Hey, welcome back. Oh, well, let me start over. Because maybe this is the first time they're listening. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you. To NPR. Here tonight. Um, and rub that leaf shape onto, oops, sorry. This is why I can't talk with my hands. Um. Excellent. Boom. 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 Boom.